Welcome back to The Chosen Journey with Big Money Grip Steve Carse and The Chosen Lawyer. Steve, we're on Chapter 51. I uh, was actually very surprised you did not happen to mention this, but Number 50 had a particular significance for you, did it not? It sure did. It was uh, my first number given to me uh, when I got called up to, to Oakland in the big leagues. I, I tried to hand it to you on a silver platter and I was sure he was, you were going to say it. And then I'm like, he didn't go with it. I'm really, really surprised. So number 50 and remind us again, uh, this is, you you walk into the, uh, to the, uh, clubhouse and that's the number they picked for you. You, did you ask for it or they have, no, uh, not when you get called up to the big leagues, when you get called up to the big leagues, like you just want to get to the big league city get into the locker room, meet as many people as you can, try to get yourself as comfortable as you can. Uh, because I was fortunate enough, I got there like three days early. They called me up after a start in double A and I got there three days early. I was able to get settled, time difference. And then I knew what day I was pitching and everything was in my locker. And, uh, you know, it didn't matter if they gave me 77 i would it, it wouldn't matter what number they gave me when i got called to the big leagues uh just to you know get to the big leagues at that point in time when i was 21 years old uh you know was uh, a special moment in my life what was your favorite jersey number of all time Murray? uh number 20 for some reason i don't know why to be quite honest with you like number 20 wasn't like really my favorite number i just uh somehow grew to to like the number um and and once uh once 1993 was over and i was able to you know reevaluate and being asked what number i wanted and 20 was available i kind of just took 20 and and ran with it for a while until i couldn't have it if i went to a different team do you still have a number 50 Oakland jersey lying around somewhere? Did you save your rookie jersey? Uh, yeah, it's got to be lying around here somewhere. Um, you know, uh, usually you keep those type of mementos. I have the cleats I used in my first game. Uh, uh, but the jersey, I would have to kind of dig up and find. And how did you go about picking number 33 there with the Brew Crew? That's just what was there? I didn't. They no. gave it to me. It's a good number. Yeah, it was all right until somebody else wanted it, and then I had to go to 99. So that's how coaches work, is if you have a premium number uh, and a player comes up from the minor leagues who's, uh, you know, a huge prospect who they seem is going to be there for a long period of time, and that's kind of his number, and once the number, they'll ask the, they'll ask the coach to give up his number, change, and, and do that. Who took your number 33? They were running out of a lot of numbers because we used a lot of players uh, in 2019. We had a lot of injuries, and there was not there was a lot of people on the DL. So, uh, who came up? Who they asked me if I would just get rid of the number um, because they needed a, a number lower than in the 70s, 80s, and 90s for the player was Pablo Reyes. And I presume he did not give you a Rolex for that number. No. Well, they buy you a steak dinner at least? No, nothing. Nothing <laughs> nothing attached to the number. I just kind of gave it up and and told them or told the the uh told the guy who hands out the numbers, the clubhouse guy, just give me 99. And the reason I 
wanted 99 because I'm like, okay, well, there's a 99. A lot of people like 99 now. I mean, I don't know why, but a lot of people like 99. A lot of big name players like 99. I'm like, well, maybe if we trade for Judge, I can get a Rolex out of it because I'll have 99 and he'll want 99. <laughs> so. I'm pretty sure it's the Wayne Gretzky obsession, but uh, I could be wrong. But I think that's where people always line with that with the, with the hockey. You always hear 99, you always think Wayne Gretzky. And as I told Absolutely. you, when I. When I located on eBay, the, that hat and that jersey behind me, those are both Steve Carsey issued. I'm not sure if they're worn. I think the hat was worn, but I'm not sure. And they're both from the 2019 season. They're rookie Steve Carsey coaching hat and jersey. Now, the significance of today's chapter, I wanted to run by with you, was we're in the number 50, and I hear about this every year, Steve. I got to ask you, on one stadium, the famous or infamous Oakland Coliseum, Okay. Every year we hear about how they have to move. Every year they're setting attendance records in the reverse as far as lowest attendance records ever. Steve, how bad is this stadium at the end of the day? What is the story with the Oakland Coliseum? And can you tell us any Oakland Coliseum stories? Well, when I first got called up, the Oakland Coliseum was a completely different look or the format was completely different before 95 where Al Davis put that big monstrosity in center field. Oakland Stadium, uh, the Oakland Coliseum, was, in my opinion, probably the most beautiful stadium that I traveled to to go watch a game. I mean, early in my career, right? Uh, it was, uh, if you look at pictures of it, it was just a bowl. The background, uh, you know, the bright blue skies. The pitching there was amazing because the foul territory and the ball didn't travel at night. And then when they changed it, uh, you know, in the football aspect of putting more stands and the stands in center field, it kind of got really dull and light. And, um, you know, it just it just didn't work, in, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, the fans are great there. They, they really are. I mean, if you give them a product and you put it on the field, they're going to show up and watch. Unfortunately, they've just been a team that struggles with payroll uh, for a, a very long time now. And, and the attendance just isn't what it used to be. And, uh, you know, it holds a near and dear place in my heart because that was the first place I got called up to in the big leagues. And then uh, that's where I finished my career. I started my career on that mound and I uh, ended my career on that mound. So it uh, it really holds a, a, a dear place in my heart. I don't know if you've seen the renovations they did in Rogers Center but they're trying to make the uh, Toronto stadium look a lot like Comerica or PNC park in Pittsburgh with a concourse and everything else is a way different vibe to it. And, you know, slap a hundred million dollars on something and guess what? It looks a heck of a lot better. And that's where I was thinking every year at the very least, well, you guys are not figuring out, you know, relocation, new stadium. Why not more updating? Is it bottom line? You think just a dollars and cents thing that they don't want to do it. Uh, and is there any hope you think, you know, watching as an outsider, you know, that those fans of Oakland, you know, they, they get it time and time again, you know, with their team leaving and then another team leaving, like, and there's such, and such, so much history there. You know, if I was an Oakland fan, I'd be very frustrated. Yeah, it's gotta be frustrating. I mean, they've, they've had this new stadium in the works uh, down at the riverfront there that uh, they've been trying to get, uh, you know, there's been chatter of them, moving to Vegas and building a new stadium there, uh, which would be 
probably an ideal spot for a team like that. Um, you know, it, it, they're getting a raw deal. That, that's for sure. But you're right. I think it comes down to dollars and cents, what these teams pull in from revenue, not only in the stadium, but with TV. Uh, and then what they're able to do uh, to, to up upgrade their facility, upgrade their team, and, and put a winning product on the field. So, uh, you know, sometimes it's unfortunate uh, that teams are put in this bind, but uh, hopefully they can figure something out for them and figure something out for the fans of Oakland. Have you ever made it to the Trop in uh, Tampa? Yeah, I loved pitching at the Trop. I like the Trop. Okay, so Trop is good. Uh, how does that compare? I mean, it's funny. They're in similar, you know, uh, situations, so to speak, as far as being uh, on hold, you know, and again, you hear very negative things, but yet, you know, you're, you like playing at the Trop. How does the Trop compare to the Oakland Coliseum? Well, I like playing at the Trop because I was successful at the Trop, not because it looks beautiful. I mean, uh, I just had a lot of success there pitching in, in that stadium. So that's why I like to pitch there. But aesthetically, it's ugly. I mean, they got the the catwalks up there. You know, it's really dark. And they got the roof that looks white, but it's kind of off-white. And there's not very many fans in there. And it's got turf. And, you know, they changed it a few times. But, uh, you know, you go in there for a three-game series. I was just happy, I, uh, you know, I didn't play there for 81 games. Uh, maybe I would have loved to play there if I've had that much success there in, in pitching because the mound looked really close uh, and just looked like uh, – um, you know, I was standing 10 feet away instead of 60, 60 feet away. So that's the reason I like the trap, uh, aesthetically not beautiful, uh, Oakland, much more beautiful, um, and, uh, just a, a really pleasant place, place to play. Trop and, uh, Olympic uh, stadium, Montreal, uh, sister, uh, stadiums, would you say? Yeah, very similar. I would yeah. say, um, you know, I would even say, uh, the old Metrodome kind of right. is something that uh, is is one that's very similar to the Trop. I loved I loved the Metrodome too. For some reason, you know, pitching indoors for me, everything was controlled. I didn't have to worry about the weather, uh, and it just felt really good to me. I tell any fans, you know, that uh, especially in the Oakland uh, area, go back and watch old videos as far as playoff games go in Oakland. And, you know, full stadiums, it seemed like it was a fun atmosphere out there. And it seemed like it was, you know, and they had a lot of great teams. And it's just such a shame where things have gone for them. You know, since Moneyball, nothing has really transpired. And, you know, whereas Tampa still finds a way to win, you know, Oakland just feels like they're just sitting there in quicksand. You know, it's just uh, it's a shame. And hopefully they get that resolved soon. But it was nice to hear that there were good memories from the Oakland Coliseum back in the day. And uh, like you said, that's where you started the career and ended the career. Yeah, absolutely. Won my first game there, won my last game there, struck out my first player that I faced in the big leagues in Oakland and struck out my last player that I faced in Oakland. Uh, so it was, it came full circle, as they say. Well, we'll remember it vividly when one day we go visit the Las Vegas Athletics, I guess. That's where uh, the hot rumor is. But, you know, they still talk about that waterfront ballpark and you never know in life until it's actually settled. But uh Steve, thank you again for sharing the memories today of the Coliseum and pitching. And uh, we'll be back uh, next week. And we're going to go into a whole different tangent. And we never know who's going to show up and what's going to be on the Chosen Journey. So have yourself a great week, everyone. And please send in your questions and comments for Steve Carsey. You know, we'd love to get the feedback. We share them on the air. So keep those questions coming, please. And Steve, we'll see you real soon. Absolutely, Jonathan. Thanks again.